It's the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Thursday, June the 23rd, 2022, in the month dedicated to the most sacred heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's also the solemnity of the nativity of St. John the Baptist, and it's going to be a great program, praise be to God. But here is a difficult question, one we hope to discuss today on the program. The world faces some of the most uh, worst food crisis times in the last 50 years, at least according to some reports. Uh, We've had a conversation in the past regarding food and supply chain problems with Charlie from Yanasa Ranch TV. We've asked him to be back on the program today. You might remember the story of the 10,000 cows that died of heat, heat exhaustion up in Kansas. And then, of course, all of the food plants that are suffering through fires and those kinds of things. It's the worst uh, in 2022 than it's ever been in that regard. So we're going to have a conversation with him around all of that coming up in this hour. Also, big stories, uh, the red flag laws. Are these the key to preventing gun violence in America? Well, we want to talk about that a little bit today as well. And has the Pope responded to all of the rumors and speculation that's been flying around about his retirement? Well, it's yes. I mean, possibly. I don't know. Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be on to talk about the Pope's health and his potential response by way of a Brazilian archbishop. So we're going to talk about that. But as of January 2021, did you know that Bill Gates is the largest landowner of farmland in the United States, owning at least 242,000 acres across 18 states? Bill Gates trying to buy up more farmland in, uh, in, I think, up in Idaho or no, the Dakotas. And people are really pushing back. Hey, the superintendent of the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District announced Wednesday that uh, school police chief has been placed on administrative leave over the failed police response to the massacre at the Robb Elementary School back on May 24th. Americans have serious issues with red flag gun confiscation laws, it turns out, as uh, I think it was, what, 14 Republican senators voted to pass a bill that includes red flag laws. We're going to talk about more on that today on the program. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. And yeah, I hope uh, I hope those things don't go through because, well, if you don't know what a red flag law is, it's essentially anybody in your family or a stranger can say, oh, this person is mentally unfit. And uh, the government comes in and kicks open your door, shoots your dog, and takes your guns away. So it's very uh, <laughs> it quite work in, that, that in that order. But, uh, All the time. <laughs> in that order. Most of the time it does. <laughs> I hope, let's hope not. Let's do what the dog do. Yeah, uh, well, we will talk exactly. about that. It, not all states are equal when it comes to red flag laws. Uh, in fact, your, your beloved state of California is definitely not equal to what, say, maybe Texas could consider for red, doesn't have red flag laws now. But if this bill passes, they may be incentivized to do so. And we'll, we'll try to point out the differences there uh, today on the program. Speaking of red flags, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. I don't believe in red flags. I actually <laughs> only use blue flags. Uh, the oh, color red right? is just, I don't, I'm not a huge mm-hmm. fan, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I just stick with blue ones. 
Or red, white, is and blue Is that because ones? of Our Lady, or is it because of Sacred Heart? I mean, like, why don't I, you like red? I'm thinking... Um, it's because of his gang. I'm thinking if it's, uh, if, you, if it's you know, split up red, white, and blue with a star oh. on the far left, oh. just a single star, then we're, then we're good. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, it's fine. But that's the only kind of flag that I, I want to see. I see, I see. I so see no, red flags, no red flags. No red flags. No, Just Texas flags. Texas flags. Especially not ones with sickles and hammers. We don't want those. No, we try to avoid those. Or, or just like a red flag with a bunch of yellow stars. We, we avoid those. Amen. Praise be to God. It's going to be a great program. Like I said, we have a lot to conversate and discuss. Tito Edwards on the show. Uh, Charlie uh, from Yanasa Ranch TV is going to be on the program catching up a lot of stories. And then, of course, we have a lot of headline news to catch in the, in, along the way. But in addition to that, we have our game show Fear and Trembling coming up in the next hour. Three opportunities for you to win this week's prize pack. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we'll have an after show. So let's pray. Let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most sweet Jesus, that no one who has had recourse to thy sacred heart, implored its help, or sought its mercy was ever abandoned. Encouraged with confidence, O tenderest of hearts, we present ourselves before thee, crushed beneath the weight of our sins. In our misery, O sacred heart of Jesus, despise not our simple prayers, but mercifully grant our requests. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Today is Thursday, June 23rd, and here are your headlines this morning. Reuters reports Russia is recount, re, rerouting trade rather to BRICS countries. President Putin says that Russia is in the process of rerouting its trade towards countries from the BRICS group of emerging economies in the wake of Western sanctions over the war in Ukraine. Increasing the presence of Chinese cars on the Russian market, as well as the opening of Indian supermarket chains, were also in discussion. The BRICS countries comprise of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. The Washington Examiner reports Uvalde School Police Chief Pete Arredondo placed on administrative leave. An announcement was made amid investigations into the law enforcement's response during last month's shooting at Robb Elementary School that left 19 students and two teachers dead. Arredondo, who took charge, had been criticized for how long it took the authorities to stop the gunman. Investigations by police and state and federal agencies are scrutinizing a timeline of the law enforcement's response, questioning why it took over 70 minutes between when the gunman entered the classroom on May 24th and when he was killed by law enforcement, even as trapped fourth graders called for help. The AP reports Sri Lankan Prime Minister says Ireland's economy has collapsed. Sri Lanka's debt-laden economy has collapsed after months of shortages of food, fuel and electricity, this according to the Prime Minister of the country. He said Sri Lanka is unable to purchase imported fuel due to heavy debt owed by its petroleum corporation. The Ceylon Petroleum Corporation is $700 million in debt, and as a result, no country or organization in the world is willing to provide fuel for them. And the Daily Wire reports armed man found near Kavanaugh home pleads not guilty to attempted murder. Authorities claim that Nicholas John Ross called 911 after seeing two marshals outside of Justice Kavanaugh's home and expressed that he had suicidal thoughts, had a gun in his suitcase, and had come from California to kill a specific United States Supreme Court justice. Police shortly thereafter took Rosk into custody near Kavanaugh's home without incident. If Rosk is convicted, he faces a maximum sentence of life in prison for attempting to assassinate a United States judge. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. 
The saint of the day is St. Joseph Cafasso. Born on the 15th of January, 1811, it was often said that no one who knew Cafasso as a child ever could recall him having ever sinned. Seeing him as a model individual in his childhood, Cafasso felt called to become a priest and so commenced his ecclesiastical studies in Turin and in Cherna in order to achieve his dream. During this period, he came to know the nether native of the town, Giovanni Bosco, you know, St. John Bosco, whom he would later encourage and support in the work of caring for the street urchins in Turin, giving them training in various trades. The two first met when Bosco was 14, but both soon became lifelong friends. Cafasso received his ordination to the priesthood in the Archdiocesan Cathedral on the 21st of September, 1833. He underwent some further theological studies at the Turin College four months after his ordination. He at some point became a professed member of the Third Order of St. Francis. In his role as a teacher, he never neglected his duties as a priest and often aided those students who needed help with books and other things. Cafasso became a noted lecturer in moral theological subjects since 1836 and drew on the teachings of the French school in spiritual studies with its learning, learned figures such as Pierre de Bruel and Vincent de Paul. But a major common element among these figures was the emphasis on the proper formation of priests and indeed ongoing formation it was to be. He worked against the spirit of Jansenism which, with its strong focus with sin and damnation which he had found to be influential amongst the students. He used the teachings of Alphonsus Liguori and Francis de Sales to moderate the rigorism of the education there, while striving to offer simple values and morals as a greater substitute. He likewise fought against state intrusion in the affairs of the church. He was a noted confessor and spiritual director who guided people and would go on to found new religious institutions or congregations, which would help the church to meet the needs of the world. John, St. John Bosco was just one whom he was his spiritual director. He was also known for his extensive work in the local prison, served as comforter of those condemned to death, as so much so that he was called the priest of the gallows. There was even one occasion when this small and weak priest seized an enormous inmate's beard and told him that he would not let go until the man confessed. The inmate did so, and he wept as he confessed while giving praise to God as he left the confessional. There was also another occasion in which he escorted 60 convicted inmates who had been condemned to the gallows. Most of them were hanged straight after confessing and receiving absolution. So Cafasso referred to them as hanged saints. He died on the 23rd of June, 1860, and his friend Bosco preached, though was not the celebrant for the Mass. Cafasso had died from pneumonia coupled with a stomach hemorrhage and complicated from congenial medical issues. Saint Joseph Cafasso, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 1, verses 57 through 66 and verse 80. When the time arrived for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy toward her, and they rejoiced with her. When they came on the eighth day to circumcise the child, they were going to call him Zechariah after his father, but his mother said in reply, No, he will be called John. But they answered her, There is no one among your relatives who has this name. So they made signs, asking his father what he wished him to be called. 
He asked for a tablet and wrote, John is his name. And all were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened, his tongue freed, and he spoke blessing to God. Then fear came upon all their neighbors, and all these matters were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. All who heard these things took them to heart, saying, What then will this child be? For surely the hand of the Lord was with him. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the desert until the day of his manifestation to Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Origen would write, Zacharias is by interpretation, quote, remembering God, close quote. But John signifies, quote, pointing to, close quote. Now, memory relates to something absent, pointing to, to something present. But John was not about to set forth the memory of God as absent, but with his finger to point him out as present, saying, Behold, the Lamb of God, close quote, origin. St. Chrysostom would say, quote, but, but the name John is also interpreted the grace of God, because then by the, fav the favor of divine grace, not by nature, Elizabeth conceived this son. They engraved the memory of the benefit on the name of the child, close quote, St. Chrysostom. The applicant would point out, as at the silence of Zacharias, the people marveled. So likewise, when he spoke, hence it is said, and fear came upon all, that from these two circumstances all might believe there was something great in the child that was born. But all these things were ordained to the end, that he who was to bear witness of Christ might also be esteemed trustworthy. That was the applicant. Now, the Ignatius Catholic commentary points out that uh, how important this actually was. It says uh, the Jewish parents customarily named their male children on the day of their circumcision, the eighth day after birth, which, by the way, is uh, part of the custom of having your child baptized uh, eight days after their birth, because baptism fulfills circumcision. Don't wait to have your child baptized. Do it as soon as possible. Make them Christians and great so that they, like John the Baptist, will be about the mission of making Christ known to the world. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. If there's one thing atheists and theists can agree on, it's the fact that we've all felt the problem of God's hiddenness and have cried out, where are you, God? The difference, however, is atheists think this is a reason to reject God and theists don't. Why? Well, first, God is not entirely hidden. Sure, we can't know he exists by seeing or touching him, but we can know he exists through logic and reason. There's also good reason to believe God has revealed himself through Jesus of Nazareth. If Jesus is raised from the dead, 
then everything he said is true. Second, God's in-your-face presence wouldn't necessarily make things better. Even on the natural level, we don't like overbearing parents. Why would we want God to be that way? So while God's partial hiddenness is a mystery, it's not a good reason to embrace atheism. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, the world faces the worst food crisis for at least 50 years, according to the U.N., uh, and even in our own country, we've seen uh, lots of food supply chain problems. Just let's just look at that, the food for for babies. I mean, the baby formula crisis has been pretty significant. Uh, let alone 10,000 cows dying in Kansas of heat exhaustion, or the record number of food processing plants uh, having fire problems in 2022. So we're, we've asked. Uh, Charlie from Yonasa Ranch TV on YouTube to be on with us. He's been on with us before, so hopefully that'll be on at 35 past the hour to cover that story. But there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are a great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. And, of course, we're all concerned about gun violence in our country. Uh, every time we see a story in the news of, like, the Uvalde mass shooting or Buffalo or the, you know, the Waukesha parade, things like that, we get very concerned because it's a horrible thing. I mean, the Juneteenth, there was shooting in Washington, D.C. San Antonio had a mass shooting over Father's Day. I mean, Chicago every single weekend. Philadelphia. I mean, these, these, these crimes, this horrific violence, it breaks our heart as a country. It, we live in a state of fear as a result to the potential of gun violence. And so there is a, a true and a good desire to want to do something about that. As Catholics, we want to curb violence. We want to protect our citizens. The question is how best to do that, right? That's, that's the real question. Well, of course, it's being debated hotly right now across our country and in the United States Senate. 14 GOP senators have voted on a gun control bill that uh, is also getting a lot of conversation today. It includes things like ba uh, increased background checks, which I've always had to do a background check in every firearm I've, I've ever purchased. I don't know about you, but I, I know I have. Um, but it also includes things like red flag laws. And I find this very fascinating. So a red flag law, if you don't know, a red flag law is, is a basically it allows the potential to recognize the signs of someone who is not mentally uh, well, someone who is preparing for, for to, uh, violence, someone who is maybe suggesting, like, say, the Uvalde shooter who bragged about doing violence, or the guy up in Buffalo, or many number of cases where ahead of time they're posting pictures or they're, they're bragging, they're talking about going and harming other people. So the red flag law, it theoretically, is supposed to allow for recognizing these signs and then taking an action before something bad happens and then confiscating their weapons. So that's the idea behind it. But is that, is that a good idea? Is that the best way to deal with these issues? Well, here's an article out of Breitbart. Headline says, poll. Most independents, Republicans, believe red flag laws would be abused by the government. 
Most independent Republican voters believe that the government would ultimately abuse red flag laws. A convention of states action and the Trafalgar Group survey released on Wednesday found. It says the survey asked, do you believe that the red flag gun control laws designed to temporarily take guns away from individuals has the potential to be used or rather abused by local authorities and government officials to disarm their their political opponents and or citizens who disagree with him? Overall, a plurality of voters, 46.7%, believe that red flag gun control laws, which essentially allow for a petition to temporarily remove firearms from a person of interest, could be abused. Another 22.5% are unsure, and 30.8% do not believe it could be abused. However, most independent voters, 52.3% believe that government officials have major potential to abuse red flag gun control laws, while another 23.3% believe that there is no risk of abuse. Nearly a quarter, 24.3% are unsure. Most Republicans, of course, probably could have figured this out, 72.2% agree with the majority of independent voters that such laws have the potential to be abused. Another 13.8% remain unsure, and 14.1% said there is no risk of abuse. Let's talk about Democrats then. How do the Democrats fare here? Well, Democrats are the most trusting. Well, we figured that much, as 53.5% do not believe authorities and government officials will abuse such laws, followed by 16.4% who believe the laws could be abused, and nearly one-third, 30.1%, uh, say it will. They remain unsure as to whether or not they will abuse it. So, I mean, it, it splits up along party lines. It's the independents that I think should surprise you the most. The independents, the people in the middle, the people who do not identify as Republican or Democrat, they're leaning towards this is a very serious issue. It's a, there's a lot of risk here because people could abuse it. Now, not all red flags laws are the same in California. Rudy, you might recall having been a a citizen born and raised there, that in the state of California, uh, your neighbor could say, hey, I don't like this guy. He acts funny, and and he's got guns. we got to do something about this. They file a complaint. A judge makes a decision. The cops show up, take your guns. You were never informed. You were never asked for your opinion. You were never asked to give your side of the equation. It's called an ex parte, and they just they just act. And you don't have a choice. You don't get uh, recourse. There's no due process in that. So according to this piece of legislation that is advancing through the Senate, they they want to incentivize the states that don't have red flag laws to set up red flag laws. Um, This is a little bit out of the the Daily Wire's article on this subject, on the section on red flag laws. Their headline says, Gun Rights Group uh, explains the problems with gun control bill that 14 uh, GOP senators caved on. That's the headline over on the Daily Wire. But just on the red flag laws section, it says that they incentivize local disarmament proceedings, of which many states currently employ secret ex parte hearings, that calls for a standard equivalent only to civil court, 
for all the bluster and the measure about protecting due process and the constitutional rights of the subject of the hearings during the appropriate phase, it implies that states will be will still be able to hold secret ex parte hearings to deprive the people of their rights. It, it also entitles the subject to an attorney at the appropriate phase, but it must be at the subject's expense. And so this is what's important about this part of the bill. Number one, they're supposed to set up due process. So it's not supposed to be that a person who, let's just say your neighbor, you think, well, that neighbor's acting funny, right? I don't like, I saw their post on social media and they're acting funny and they got guns. So this is serious. Well, okay. So you file the complaint. They're supposed to be due process. They're supposed to have the right to to representation, to be able to have a say, to be able to, to defend themselves. Now, one is they have to pay for that. Like they're going to come out of their own pocket. The federal government's not going to be responsible for the cost of that process. The person accused is uh, responsible for the process. Well, what if that person's innocent? What if the neighbors just doesn't like them and wants to harm them in some way? Similar to say how people get swatted by their enemies all the time. It's a tactic to abuse a system to, her, to harm your enemy, right? Well, this could be used in the same way. Well, now they are their guns are confiscated and now they're financially responsible for who knows how many thousands of dollars uh, as a result. And what if they're innocent? Well, do, you know, do the ends justify the means is one of the questions that are mine. Well, that's one. Okay. Well, the other is there are states like like we mentioned earlier, California, that has an ex parte system where there is no due process. Like I said, a judge can just just decide it. The cops show up to confiscate you. The you the the person of interest. You the person being blamed. You the person who who others fear won't have a say in the matter. You won't have been notified ahead of time. You didn't get the chance to contact an attorney. So. Your guns are taken from you, and you are just waiting to be told what's next, right? Um, well, this piece of legislation is supposed to incentivize states to set up red flag laws that include due process. So the question becomes, and the way they're doing it is by saying, we're going to give you money to set up these red flag laws. And if you don't do this according to our specifications, then you can't access the money. Now, they're also wanting, these senators are also wanting to know whether or not, if they don't set up red flag laws, whether or not they can use the money for something else. And I find that very, very interesting. Why? Good grief. It's, they're always looking for that pork, aren't they? I mean, come on now. So is it going to be a case where California, whose law red flag laws do not follow the specifications of this proposed gun legislation, will they not get the money? But the Republican states who don't want to set up red flag laws will be able to use the money for something else. I think that's very interesting because at the end of the day, if that's the case, and I don't actually know, but if that's the case, well, then what exactly will this prevent, stop or, or you know, help in any way? It doesn't seem like it's a legislation that's actually going to prevent all that much to begin with, let alone avoid the uh, occasion of being abused by detractors who have a political interest. Rudy, did you want to chime in? 
Yeah, well, you know, I think most people who are responsible gun owners will hear this sort of stuff and will say, well, this is this is something that we should proceed with caution uh, about because this is essentially, uh, it's the government wedging its foot in the door to come and confiscate your guns. And I think this is overwhelmingly the sort of response that we, we tend to hear about after uh, events like Uvalde or mass shootings in general, we always hear about, okay, well, now it's time. This is the rhetoric. It's time to get rid of the guns. Time to get rid of the guns. And it's just every every time we get closer and closer to that, uh, when we talk about laws like this, is it is it good to, uh, to you know, look at your neighbor and, and raise concerns? Like, for example, the Uvalde shooter, he was posting all kinds of stuff. And I the thing that comes to mind uh, when I hear about this is, where were his neighbors? Where were his friends, the people who were following him, seeing him post all this crazy stuff? Did they report that? That's not something that I've heard in the news. Mm-hmm. But, but, uh, but you know, these, these laws, I think people are in, they, they have their heart in the right place. They don't want to have any more mass shootings. But at the same time, there's something a little bit more at stake here, which is hey. yeah, yeah, people being able to own guns and, and exercise the Second Amendment rights. But I, I, to me, it just smells more of politics than of product. You know, being you know useful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we're just we're playing politics here. I mean, liberal states don't have to change their red flag laws to be to allow for due process, yeah. and and conservative states uh, don't have to set them up, but to use the money for something else. So it's it to me, it smells like politics, not actually trying to prevent mass shootings or violence. Because we all know where violence happens. It happens every single weekend on the inner city streets all over across our country. We could be doing something about that right now and not have to wait. At any rate, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. More breaking news and stories. And Yanas Ranch TV is coming up next. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard someone talk about how important it is to be progressive? Have you ever asked them what they mean by that? G.K. Chesterton says, Progress is a useless word, for progress takes for granted an already defined direction, and it's exactly about the direction that we disagree. We can't have progress until we've stated what our goal is, and then we can determine whether or not we're moving closer to it or farther from it. The real question is not whether we are progressive, but what is our goal? My goal is to get to heaven and to help others get there too. What's yours? Want Chesterton for more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. Axios reports Biden calls on Congress to suspend federal gas tax. 
President Biden will call on Congress to suspend the federal gas tax for three months and ask states to do the same and demand that oil and gas companies boost production and pass on any savings directly to consumers, according to administration officials. On the other hand, Biden seems comfortable antagonizing the very industry leaders he needs to increase domestic oil production. In addition to blaming Vladimir Putin, Biden has been suggesting that the oil and gas industry is also responsible, who responded to him in kind asking for a more collaborative approach with less political rhetoric. The Epic Times reports Powell says recession certainly a possibility, as Fed is determined to hike rates to tame inflation. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell testified in Congress that the central bank remains determined to keep hiking interest rates high enough to cool the red-hot inflation we're all seeing. Acknowledging that recession is certainly a possibility, but insisting that the American economy is robust enough to withstand tighter financial condi conditions. The AP reports Mexico scientists gets four years for spying for Russia in Miami. A prominent Mexican scientist who led a double life with two families on separate continents and was co-opted by Russian agents into surveilling a U.S. government informant residing in Miami has been sentenced to four years and one day in federal prison. Cabrera was arrested in 2020 at Miami International Airport as he and his Mexican wife, his other wife is from Russia by the way, were looking to return to home in Mexico City. A day earlier, the couple attracted the attention of a security guard as they were caught on surveillance tape tailgating another vehicle onto the premises of a Miami area condominium and snapping a photo of the U.S. informant's car in license plate. And Breitbart reports teen battling cancer becomes honorary marine. And he says it was a tremendous that he has a tremendous fighting spirit. The young man was diagnosed with spinal cancer a few years ago. However, in April, he partnered with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and became a, 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 an honorary marine. The teenager's training was included obstacle courses, a gas chamber, rifle training, and the crucible, which is the final challenge for marine recruits. According to his mother Tori, when there were moments Sam could not complete a challenge, the other marines stepped in to help. If there was a time where he couldn't do it, they did it as a team, she recalled, adding, We got a front row seat to see his dream come true. Following two days of boot camp, Sam participated in a ceremony where he received his Eagle Globe and anchor and was dubbed an honorary Marine. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. You know, I just saw a headline, and the headline is not even actually new. It says, World Faces Worst Food Crisis for At Least 50 Years. And uh, this was from 2020, well before we've had record number of fire plants, uh, food processing plants uh, having fire problems, or thousands of cows dying of heat exhaustion. So to better understand our food supply issues and, and whatnot, we've invited Charlie Rankin from Yanasa Ranch TV from YouTube. Good morning to you, sir. Praise God, I'm, uh, I'm well and alive, and that counts. How are you? Pretty good. Well, there you go. Hanging in there. <laughs> uh, we're glad you're here. Thank you for your time. Um, you know, these stories are very odd. And I think the I think there's a lot of speculation and rumors about what 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 this what these stories mean. Like, for instance, let's talk about the cows dying in Kansas. I mean, thousands and thousands of cows all of a sudden die of heat exhaustion. Um, I hear it's it can happen. It, it It's a thing. But. To see whole herds huddled together, keeled over, is that normal? Is that a thing? Is that really a thing? I don't think that the situation in Kansas is is normal for just 
heat conditions. I think there had to be some sort of other factor in there, whether it was environmental or intentional. There's there's really no way of telling. You know, I was reading uh, Pointer, the the fact checking uh, nonprofit that owns PolitiFacts, and they had put out an article saying that what happened was the temperatures rise so quickly that the cows couldn't adjust to it. That's completely unheard of. Um, if anything, the temperatures were high for an extended period of time. The humidity was high, and that would have um, impacted some of the cattle. But for large groups of the cattle to die off is a bit unheard of. And the other thing is, is that this heat wave was pretty widespread. The humidity was pretty widespread. And yet a, a majority of these deaths occurred within a certain geographical range, which tells you that there had to be some other factor in there that either messed with their nerves or, or something happened in that particular area. I mean, they were they were huddled together, right? So it was like a big mass, and they they found them all dead. So w when this happened, was this at like uh, in the pens that were preparing for the slaughter? I mean, like at what point, at what stage of their life were they in when they found them dead? Well, most of these cows died in feedlots and feedlots okay. do have a heat island because they they have um, but no ground cover which increases the heat they have a lot of bodies in one area but the the thing about feedlots is that you would have had to have really mismanagement of multiple feedlots in order for that number of animals to die because they do have ways of cooling the animals down and I'm saying that I don't even like feedlots. A lot of when we buy our beef, we buy it from local farms. It's all grass finished, but um, or we have our own. But the mm. the reality is is that even you know with my feelings about feedlots, I can say that they do have uh, protocols in place to deal with these situations. Um, but the you know the cows out on pasture uh with with an adequate water source wouldn't have been affected at all so most of the deaths that we're hearing about did occur in feedlots but the other thing is that feedlots are often a target for um yeah what we call monkey wrenchers who are uh not animal welfare groups but animal rights organizations sometimes they have there are a few people out there who take things to the extreme and they don't think that cows are a species that um belong here because they they feel like we have bred them ourselves so they go through some extreme measures i mean that could be something tied to it um but there's also you know back in 20 was it 2020 or 2019 um kansas lawmakers were pulled into a meeting with the department of homeland security in regards to what they thought was a terrorism threat to agriculture so there are a lot of different possibilities different theories that could have happened to those cows. But I think that the point is, is that just them being in the, that environment and so many dying, um, they're, the simplest answer of, well, it was, it was a heat wave, uh, just I'm not buying it because there's, it, it doesn't add up to, um, to what actually happened out there. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, uh, Mr. Mr. Rankin, because I remember uh, in the early 2000s, I had visited a farm out in Fresno in California, 
And uh, there was pretty high heats, uh, heat during that summer. It was, you know, well around 100 degrees. And I do recall seeing a couple of the cows die. This was at a, uh, like a milk processing plant, or uh, they were milking the cows there. And, um, you know, there was, a, there was a, a little heat island, as you mentioned, but uh, only five or six cows died, and the majority of them were fine. So it does seem a little bit alarming to hear the story of so many of those, of those animals dying. It's very, very surprising. Well, there are, I mean, there are millions of cows in Kansas, but uh, like I said before, what, what I think is suspicious about it is that it happened within a particular geographical range. Uh, yeah, there, there were probably a few cows here and there throughout Kansas and throughout other states that died from, from heat, but the majority of where these, these mass deaths occurred, um, that, that's a little strange. It wouldn't normally happen that way. If it were just the heat, it would have happened in a much wider range and, and we live where we live we have temperatures that get above 100 all the time and uh, we have very high humidity and they they do fine in fact it was 100 degrees yesterday and our bull was taking down fences and you know, <laughs> doing whatever bull, he does <laughs> bulls are pesky man <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're, they're a bunch of trouble um you know i do find it interesting you know because again all we're left is is with speculation and oftentimes with stories like this We'll never know. I mean, it's not like we're ever going to get like an official report or like and if if someone discovered, oh, in fact, it wasn't heat exhaustion. It was X, Y or Z. It was an insurance fraud or something like that. No, nope, they're never going to tell us. We're never going to know. All we are left with is heat exhaustion and our pure speculation. Yeah. And I and I, you know, even with the insurance fraud thing, I don't I don't think it was that either. I, I think that those cows were more valuable to the, the feedlots than what the insurance is going to pay out. But the and, and again, it happened at multiple feedlots just within a geographical area. But um, there was something you just said that triggered a thought and I and it just. <laughs> my mind. <laughs> well, just not knowing and being left with the speculation of it at all. Because I mean, I've seen opinions both ways. Where I've seen people say, "Listen, it, it's totally shady to see all of these cows feet up, you know, so quick like that." As you say, in a very specific concentrated area. And then I've I've seen other people say, "Listen, cows do die of heat exhaustion. It happens. There are." I mean, wh what would you say is the average number of lost cattle per year due to heat exhaustion if you had to guess ballpark it i i mean i'm sure it's in the it's in the thousands just not all at once you know right um the i living on a farm and and raising animals i can say that we, you know you you see a lot of instant death but it's but like i said it's not all at once um yeah. animals and and just like you know the Apparently, there's an adult instant death syndrome now that's growing yeah. with, with humans. Um, right. it, it, it happens, but it's unusual when it happens to right. an extreme or at an elevated level. You know, oh. when we question these things, a lot of people jump to conclusions. Hold that thought, Mr. Rankin. Hold that thought. We're, we're up against a very quick break. Charlie Rankin from Yanasa TV on YouTube. Check him out. Yanasa TV. We'll be right back. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the Bible sufficient to answer all questions on Christian living and church life? Well, the answer is definitely no. There isn't agreement on scores of doctrines such as the effects of baptism, who can receive communion, once saved, always saved, abortion, or how about eligibility for marriage after divorce? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Fruit analysis. Luther, Calvin, and Zwingli, who are all the fathers of non-Catholic Christianity did not rid unbiblical practices they despised, but instead turned out to be the progenitors of some 50 denominations and scores of divergent beliefs. Secondly, natural reason. Well, if the Bible alone is supposed to clarify all beliefs, the very fact that such divisions prevails is actually proof that an arbiter of doctrine is desperately needed. Thirdly, the golden twins, sacred scripture and sacred tradition will always prevail as the foundation of all Christian truth, beliefs, and doctrines. Instead of fighting the crowds, isn't it so much easier to hop online and do your shopping in the comfort of your own home? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you shop online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give a little extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. I'm getting ready to uh, go to the airport here in just a little while after the show, heading to California today. So uh, looking forward to giving a talk tonight. Praise be to Jesus. But we're going to have a great show coming up after the top of the hour. Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be on to talk about those rumors surrounding Pope Francis, are they true? Are they not? We're going to talk more about that with a breaking development uh, coming up with Tito Edwards, so stick around. But Charlie Rankin from Yanasa TV on YouTube is our guest. Great channel, by the way, and I like to listen to what farmers and ranchers have to say in our, our country when it comes to things related to our food, to farm life. For instance, uh, I saw an article this morning. I, th- I, I, I thought it was interesting, to be sure, but apparently the greatest owner, the largest landmass farmland and owner in America is Bill Gates. Um, that's bizarre to me, but uh, I wonder what uh, Charlie has to say. Charlie, why would Bill Gates be the largest farmland owner in America? Well, I think, you know, with... Uh well, we've seen what's happening with all of the food commodities. The prices are going. Bill Gates is an investor, so you see uh, the price of food going up. You see food shortages. Uh, I, I read this is another one from Pointer. I, I love pointing out Pointer's faults because they, uh, they're the fact-checking agency. But they mentioned the other day how our grain and uh, our production was the same as it has been for the last 10 years. The problem is, is that our use ratios have gone up. We haven't been able to grow. We haven't been able to increase our yields. We've actually decreased our yields. Um, so from that perspective, I think uh, Bill Gates is in, in many ways diversifying his portfolio. But he also is in his own way, whether we agree with it or not, trying to constantly develop ways that he thinks is going to save the world or change the world the way he wants it. And so if you look at his investment portfolio, he's actually pretty deep in agriculture. He's got everything from, um, you know, we, we talk about how animals are necessary for the environment and now they want to remove them to save the climate. So he actually has a company that 
recreates the microbials that animals would create on the soil so that you can put these synthetic microbials out there and apparently it will have the same impact, which it actually won't. You can't solve that solution without animals. But um, he has a lot of different things. But, um, you know, he's also investing in, as we know, alternative meats. I think, you know, when it comes to our food supply, there's actually um, a very small majority of people who, who control the entire food supply. It's a multi-billion dollar industry, and those who control it uh, actually have more control over us than, than we may think, especially when you start applying all these different sciences to add certain things to the food, GMOs and things like that. So. Um, to me, it's a bit scary that he's getting that large into the agricultural industry because I don't necessarily trust somebody who um, has vocally expressed his concerns about population. But it, the reality is, is it is a, a very large industry and there are very few players at the top of that, that pool. When you go to the grocery store, you're actually buying from seven large con conglomerates. You're not buying all those different brands you see on the shelves are coming from, you know, mostly seven large companies. And so um, we don't actually have that much say over what we're putting in our bodies anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's very concerning. And you couple that with all of the health issues that have been rising since we've truly started to manipulate our food supply uh, with hormones and, and other issues, uh, it becomes very, very troubling. Uh, Bill Gates owns 242,000 acres across 18 states, but apparently the folks in the Dakotas are pushing back. Uh, they, they, uh, they feel like he's violating some of their, their corporate farming laws there, so it would be in interesting to see what happens. But I well, think he's also been buying it uh, kind of covertly. They, they don't buy it directly through... And, and, it, and the numbers you're hearing don't even include what the Gates Foundation owns through mm. some of their subcorporations. So um, that is a little bit fishy as well. I mean, I understand not wanting people to know you're Bill Gates coming to buy some land because then the price will go up. But at the same <laughs> time, uh, you know, this has been going on for, for quite some time with shell companies. And it's a little bigger than what you can imagine when you include what their foundation actually owns through nonprofits as well. <laughs> uh, but I, one of my questions that has always been, well, then, is it possible, uh, given that's the trend and they're buying everything up that they possibly can, and they're corporatizing every single aspect of the supply chain, are mom-and-pop farms going to be a part of our future, or are they dying out? Well, they're, they've been dying out for some time. I mean, it, it's nearly impossible for a farmer to get a cow processed, um, which is how they, you know, they have to make money to raise the animals and, and, and then be able to sell it. So they, we've, the small farmers have been cut off, probably going back to, if you look at the New Deal, they've been cut off from the marketplace and they've been struggling to get back into it. Uh, we have farmers markets now and other ways of, of doing things. But the, uh, the fact is, is that com competing with the grocery stores and competing with uh, these corporate entities who are able to, you know, pull grains in from third world countries and make very cheap food products. It's very hard for the small farmer to compete. They're depending on people to buy from them because it's, in my opinion, the right thing to do. I mean, you 
you have a choice when you buy from a local farmer. You don't have a choice when you're buying from a grocery store. Mm. I, I've, I've been told that if, if I wanted to start a cattle ranch or some sort of uh, a 100-acre you know, homestead that included animals and crops, it would, I would need at least a million dollars in the great state of Texas to do that. I mean, that seems like a bridge so far away. We're talking about 100 acres, not 242,000 acres that Bill Gates owns, but just 100 acres. My grandparents had a 100-acre farm uh, up in Indiana, and uh, I loathe the day they sold it and bought an RV and traveled the country. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, it just seems like it's so far away now that families uh, who are trying to move away from busy city life and get something back to subsistence living or homesteading, which is a trend these days, um, it seems like it's not much. It's not very possible given our circumstances. But I want to switch a little bit and talk about the actual food supply chain issues we have. Well, last time we talked, we talked about some of the issues related to fertilizer, the the grains coming out of the UK, or Ukraine and Russia, those issues. Um, but it's with all these food supply problems, there are more and more people talking about how there is a f major food crisis on the horizon. Uh, we may not suffer as bad here as, say, Africa, but what say you, Charlie Rankin? I think that we will suffer a lot more than people are thinking. We actually already have. If you look at how much food prices have gone up since 2019, back in 2019, I felt that we would see the the price index go up close to 400% by the time we were out of this food crisis, which would be years from now. Um, and we've already seen the the UN food price index go up over 100% since that time frame. And, and it wasn't all within the past year. Uh, back in 2019, it was up 20%. And as that compounds every year, it, you know, it just makes the situation worse and worse and worse. Uh, people aren't going to be able to afford the nutritional quality that they need here in the United States. And that's going to be the crisis that we face is the the decrease in food quality that people are able to afford and put on the table for their family. Um, but it's definitely because we're a globally connected uh, society, we're facing those challenges just like everybody else. And because the United States has moved most of its production of goods overseas, we're more of a service-oriented industry as inflation continues to increase. I did an um, interview with Peter Schiff a while back, and he explained how the U.S. consumer is just going to be priced out of their own food because the food's going to be shipped to whoever's going to pay the higher price for it. And right now, China and some of these other countries are the producers. So they're going to be the ones that benefit from global inflation. So is the answer uh, to stock up, to you know, sort of store up food, hoard food, as some might characterize it, or is it to begin to get to know your local farmers and ranchers? I would say it's a bit of both, because if, you, if you're able to put food in a freezer now, uh, knowing that the price of food continues to climb, that's kind of like putting money in the bank for yourself. You're saving a lot of money by buying what you know is going to go up in the future and storing it now. Um, but supporting your local producers is also extremely important because as we get further along in this, the more that they, the more investment that they have coming into them, the the more investment they actually put back into the community that you live in. So that helps your your entire community. But it also helps ensure that you have a local source of food security, and that mm -hmm. local source is staying strong enough to grow with the changing times. Because I think that it will get 
tighter, especially globally, and they're not a part of that global system. So they're always mm -hmm. going to be that local resource for you. We're down to just about a minute or so with Charlie Rankin from Yanasa TV on on uh, YouTube. Can you can you just give us an update on the uh, the these food processing plants and fires? Has that trend kept going? I mean, it seems like it's record high already. Is it? Are they still suffering? Well, we. It's funny because when you do a quick search, you'll still find some. Um, but it's not just food processing plants. You've had a lot of things happening with the the bird flu this year. Um, if you were to look at the entire food system as a whole, it's faced an unusual amount of hurdles that it's had to go through. Um, and, and now you have these mass cattle deaths. So, um, but there are still uh, fires going, um, going on at plants and, and random things like uh, fertilizer trains going off the tracks. So uh, it, these oddities keep happening. Um, and I think that they're happening at a time when, like I said, our stocks to use ratios were already getting so tight. Uh, it's a lot easier for the system to get derailed when you're not growing enough to have a stockpile. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be like the uh, like the I don't want to put on a tinfoil hat here. But at the same time, there is so much going on these days that it's hard not to pay attention to, like I said, 10,000 cattle, I guess, or whatever the number was, massive amount of cattle dying arbitrarily. And then, of course, the record number of food processing plants that are suffering uh, from fires and, and other things. Food shortages uh, that are increasing. Pray fast, do penance, but be prudent, wise, and store up your food and provide for your family. Charlie Rankin from Yanasa TV. God bless you, my friend. Thank you for your, for your time today. We're very grateful to you. Thank you. Go to Yanasa TV on YouTube to check them out. That's Y-A-N-A-S-A, -A, Yanasa TV. Great channel, great content. Hey, on the top of the hour, if you can join us, we're going to have Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com to talk about those rumors surrounding Pope Francis. Are they true? Are they not? What does help you? I call that coming up next in your event. Christianity rises or falls with Jesus. If Jesus is just a myth, then Christianity's false. It's that simple. So, is Jesus just a myth? The answer is no. Apart from the four Gospels and Paul's epistles, which skeptics unfairly reject, we have non-Christian sources that affirm Jesus existed. For example, the first century Jewish historian Josephus in his work, Antiquities of the Jews, names Jesus, describes him as a doer of startling deeds, and affirms his crucifixion under Pontius Pilate. Cornelius Tacitus, a Roman historian of the first century, in his work Annals, refers to a group of people called Christians, and describes the founder of their name as, quote, Christus, who was put to death by Pontius Pilate, procurator of Judea in the reign of Tiberius, close quote. So, was Jesus a real historical person? You better believe it. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hey, Donnie, what are the mysteries that we pray on the rosary? Glorious, luminous, joyful, and sorrowful. There you go. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. 
Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic view of marriage may be an ideal, but it cannot be a reality? Well, G.K. Chesterton says, it is an ideal in a diseased society, it is a reality in a healthy society. For where it is real, it makes society healthy. We know we cannot make a perfectly healthy society because while we believe in marriage and the church, we also believe in something called the fall of man, which also has an effect on society. But the point is that we believe not just in an ideal, but in something practical. Practical in the sense that we want to make something. We want to create Christian families as opposed to those who are always ready to destroy the family, who give up on the ideal and give in to whatever is easy at the moment. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org This is Melissa from St. Bartholomew and Katie, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Charlie Rankin from Yanasa Ranch TV over on YouTube. Great channel. I always pay attention to what the ranchers and farmers have to say when it comes to the to headlines regarding anything food supply chain related. Uh, I always want to know what they're thinking, what they're feeling. You know, uh, and they're struggling. It's a struggle. There's so many difficulties to to uh, providing for the rest of us. The food that we love and eat so much, making it convenient for us to walk into a grocery store and get what we want, that is hard. And it's becoming harder all the day, every day, not just because of grain shortages or high diesel prices or the lack of, uh, of uh, certain things like um, uh, fertilizers, stuff like that, but just in general, the corporatizing of Americans' farms. You know, taking all of the land away from the local mom and pop uh, farmers and ranchers. That, that becomes uh, an increased difficulty right there, let alone some of the other problems we're, we're facing as a country and a world around us. So if you, missed, if you missed that conversation, make sure you grab that on the podcast feed, which you can find linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Speaking of farmers, Rudy Carlos is back on with us. Good morning to you, Rudy. Howdy, partner. <laughs> you want to be How a farmer, you doing? Don't you? I would love I, to be a farmer. I could see you in some overalls and a straw hat. I, you know, yeah. it, there's something so alluring to be <laughs> out and, and working by the sweat of your brow to provide oh, yeah. for your family. Mm-hmm. And there's something simple, too, to your soul. You know, you, you, you can just work out your salvation and, and just <laughs> focus on working and praying. Yes. I guess maybe I'm a Benedictine at heart or something. Are you? I don't know. Really? I like, wow. their, I like their charism. It's pretty good. Um, you know, uh, my grandparents owned a 100-acre farm up in Indiana. And as a kid, I loved to visit the place. It was amazing. I mean, it had a huge red barn, so I would nice. you know, explore the barn, the hayloft. It had a pond. It froze in the winter. We would ice skate on it in the wintertime. But I got to tell you, as a kid, I, okay, I'm embarrassed to admit this publicly. So do me a favor and don't tell anybody I told you this. Okay? <laughs> close All your right. eyes. Close your ears, everybody. Plug yeah. them up. Okay. But when I was a little boy, I was probably like 8, 9, 10 years old. I was afraid of the cows because okay. I was a city slicker 
and I and I came out to the farm. <laughs> And they wanted me to, like, the cows had invaded the barn. They're like, can you get the cows out of the barn? I'm like, they're huge. I'm going to get crushed. They're way (laughs) bigger than me. (laughs) Have you seen the piles that they leave on the ground? They're huge. I mean, uh, so I was very scared of the cows. My dad got mad at me because I was scared of the cows. He's like, get those, get those darn cows out of that barn. You know, and I'm like, no, they're, they're cute. It was crying. It was ugly. So I'll, anyway, don't tell anybody I told you that. But uh, I would love, I would love an opportunity for a great homestead like that. But yeah. the, cost, the cost of that today, poof. I have to have Adrian Fonseca money to make that happen. Speaking of which, Adrian's here on the ones and twos again. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Was he, were you just announcing that I got a raise? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, sure. Raise wow. Your hand. Repeat after me. I'm so excited. Oh, that's right. You're not allowed to do I'm that. I'm so yeah. excited. I'm going to buy myself a 100-acre woods, and it's going to be great. And, you yeah. know, I really, really wanted to be a cowboy growing up. I did you? Like, I did. And then I realized that um, I've never ridden a horse. Or <laughs> you've that. never ridden a horse? I I rode a horse one time, if this counts. I had a I had a we went to some camp and they had a horse mm-hmm. and we rode around in a circle. And that's it. That was the. Oh, extent. so you have ridden a horse? Yeah, we just, we just drove in a circle. Ro- rode in a circle. That's well, it. Then now you're so technically, technically you are a caballero, my friend. There you go. Congratulations. Folks. So Congratulations. you know, praise be to God. I <laughs> maybe one day I'll live out my dream of being a cowboy, but probably not. I I doubt it. I'm a city slicker. All the way. So, you know, it is what it is. But pray for me. I have a big decision to make. It's, a, it's top secret. The secret okay. is the secret of the, all the secrets. Uh, really? But say, say Hail Mary for me. I'd be very appreciative. Okay. Rumors are already flying around the Twitter it's, it's huge. about your secrets. It's huge. It's huge. It's, uge. it's the huge's secret. You've never seen a secret this huge. It's all over Twitter. People are already <laughs> talking about it. It's, it's a big they? deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tito would probably know. He he's all, he's always uh, he sees yeah. all my uh, all my Your tweets, tweet. all my uh, <laughs> me getting in trouble with people. Yeah, praise be to God. He joins us now. Bigpulpit.com. Tito Edwards. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning, the uh, other producer. <laughs> Rudy. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, that is your new name from Tito, now on. you're dead to me. <laughs> the other producer. The I like other that. one. That's good. That's good. Well, good morning, Tito. It's good to see you. Uh, thanks for being on with us again today. Bigpulpit.com, keeping the, uh, you know, the pulse of the Catholic blogosphere. Uh, rumors swelling uh, that had swole, swole. They swole again last week. They had swole two weeks ago about Pope Francis and his pending retirement. But I don't know if you've heard yet, Tito, but... Uh, this morning, there's a story out. The Pope may have responded to all these rumors. Uh, did you hear about that story? Uh, no, no. I, I was uh, busy uh, getting up in the morning. Um, <laughs> You're busy no, waking no, I, up, I, I, eh? <laughs> at this yeah this this fine hour uh the the uh i'm not aware of uh what's going on there probably from brazil uh yes. but there has been i i can say unsubstantiated rumors that a red hat is floating out there for for a certain producer in houston texas um really? I, my nice. speculation would be adrian fonseca but i i really cannot <laughs> confirm it's that over. at all it is over if that's I, the case i i told you guys i was going to be king and I'm not saying this is, this is confirmation. I'm just saying this is confirmation. Just saying. Yeah, there, here's the headline out of Religion News Service. Pope Francis plans to remain Pope for as long as God allows it, Bishop says. 
So we all know, uh, we remember this story, because we talked about this with Edward Pinton just the other day, but um, the former Fox News Megyn Kelly was hanging out at the Vatican with her family on vacation and noticed a very strange, a very mysterious and peculiar phenomenon. There apparently they let Catholics in at the Vatican. I mean, who knew? Who knew? Do they? I mean, uh, Catholics at the Vatican. And some of them if are cardinals. Some of them, yes, that's true. Some of them are cardinals, some of them are bishops, and some are priests. And uh, she was pretty amazed by that, that they were cardinals at the Vatican. That, that, must, that must mean, therefore, that the Pope was going to retire. Um, I, I jest. I'm kidding. But turns out uh, the, the Brazilian contingent was there to visit His Holiness for their ad limina visit. And uh, according to this bishop from uh, this archbishop, Roque, uh, from Porto Velo, uh, I don't know how to say it. But at any rate, he says the Pope said to him that he will continue for as long as God allows it. So it seems like the Pope is responding to the rumors. He must know about these rumors. What do you? What's your insight there? Yeah, I believe so. The only, the only swelling that uh, can be confirmed is a swelling in his knee that he's still recuperating from. And uh, he also made the remark that even though his body is is failing or ailing him, his brain is still, I mean, he's still sharp. He has all his cognitive uh, abilities there. Uh, just to put a sharp contrast to that, our current reciting Catholic president, Joe Biden, uh, sh showing signs of old age, you know, misspeaking here and there, we don't see that from uh, Pope Francis. He still, he still uh, is very clear and succinct in his speech. He has, uh, he can see that his, uh, his, the white of his eyes are still, you know, clear and bright. So, no, I, I believe he's going to stay on. My opinion is, is he's going to stay on till till the end. Uh, he he does plan on retiring, but but his cue is going to wait for the speculation is he's he wants to wait for uh, the passing of pope benedict because it's already controversial mm. that we have a retired pope in the vatican gardens so it would just add more more drama that, that where there's no where drama is no, no longer uh, we no longer need more of it if we have right. two popes hanging out in the vatican gardens feeding cats and and uh and birds <laughs> every day <laughs> yeah. i mean maybe he just doesn't want to be roommates with benedict maybe maybe it's nice it's nice to visit him on occasion but to like be there every day you know it probably would get a little old quick i would imagine but uh, <laughs> yeah we laugh about it but it is like it's it's oh, it's a very comical situation now we do pray for pope francis's health and well-being we we don't want him to suffer in that way, and and, no. and we hope that his knee will recover. But I think that's a very a very interesting issue and dynamic in all this. I personally don't think he'll retire, but if his health does worsen, I could see that sort of forcing him a little bit on this issue. Do you think if his health got worse, he would in fact retire? Yes, uh, he has said many times in the past that uh, he he understands being a Christian means to suffer in many ways, and he is he's one that does not like to suffer, uh, and he's human like any one of us. So he he really uh, is hanging on as best as he can. He's doing a valiant job with all his ailments that he has right now, especially his surgery and for his stomach that he's still recuperating from the fatigue of travel that you can see on his face every time he's meeting dignitaries, and of course his knee pains that he's constantly have. He's been known uh, as in Argentina as the street priest. 
because he's always walking around, he's on the subways, he's meeting the people. Now he's known as a street pope, but he has to do it now in, in a wheelchair and a walking cane now that I've, I've noticed him carrying around with him. And he's always got his uh, consigliere, his, uh, his assistant always there next to him, helping him get about when he's getting up and sitting down from his wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think he's going to, he's, he's, uh, he doesn't like pain. And when he's suffering, I, I believe he's going to, he's not going to do, uh, what John Paul II did, that's not his charism. His charism is, is in a different arena. So, yeah, I, I do see him. Uh, if he starts deteriorating rapidly, that I could see him, you know, foregoing that little uh, a barrier of, of a, a still-sitting uh, retired pope, and he'll join Pope Benedict, and they'll yeah. have fun watching soccer matches <laughs> together. In the, in the backyard. Um Oh, some of the other big stories over at BigPulpit.com this week. Of course, the uh, the Cardinal Zuppi story. We covered that with uh, Edward Penton the other day, but uh, you know that continues to stay in the headlines. Yes, the Cardinal Zuppi. Uh, his heart is in the right place. He he wants he wants to do, demonstrate that the church is open to all, and we know that the church is open to all. Uh, but I, I believe he just made a couple of errors in the execution of what he wanted to portray, and it's causing more confusion and uh, problems in the church right now. The the optics don't don't look good at all, uh, but. Uh, <clears throat> it's it's going to be difficult to see how he'll sort it out. Sadly, I believe it's probably just going to be buried along with everything else after 24 hours with other news coming in and out uh, in the Vatican. But yeah, uh, for for uh, Vaticanistas like you and I and and uh, and Adrian and his assistant or buddy, uh, <laughs> we're going to be keeping an eye on that because. Uh, that's that's what we do. That's the Pope news, and Cardinal Zuppi has really created a mess. Wow. Um, Tito, you better be careful. Rudy's going to come find you and break a kneecap. <laughs> I keep forgetting his name. I'm so sorry, Poor Rudy. Tito, I see your background there. I know where you are. I'm for you. Adrian's assistant. It's about to get real. It's so, uh, oh, I'm going to assist you, Tito. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, uh, the other story that's also uh, I very interesting, it's still in the news, praise be to God, but it's not getting enough coverage, and that is the Nigerian uh, massacre. Uh, you know, that continues to be a real problem. I mean, Christians can be slaughtered there wholesale uh, by Fulani Muslims, and nobody seems to care. Yes, even in the news, uh, even though I place it uh, myself at the very top since since the Pentecost massacre in Nigeria, it gets very few clicks. It's not a big news story, even amongst Catholics, sad to say. But on average, they've calculated 22 Christians a day from, from all denominations and the Catholic Church are, are uh, attacked each day and injured or killed. It is such a sad story. The, 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 these herdsmen, these farmers are coming, or the technically herdsmen coming in and invading Christian spaces. And there's no, there's uh, very few uh, security and policemen around because it's out in the rural areas and they're just slaughtering the Christians left and right. It's not, uh, it's amazing that 55 plus Catholics or Christians uh, were slaughtered and not a peep from the National News Service uh, Mm. concerning that. Compare that to the three or four Muslims that were slaughtered at 
at the mosque in New Zealand two or three years ago, and it made international headlines from New Zealand. Right. Yeah, New Zealand. It's it's like news coming out of Alaska. Right. They made such a big deal out of it, and and not a peep, no follow. Well, there's no follow up if there's no initial news reporting on the massacre in in Nigeria. So we we need to pray even more for for our fellow Christians, Amen. for for Amen. fellow man. All right. Well, Tito Edwards, praise be to God. Thank you for your time today. Bigpulpit.com is his website. Check it out for all the latest in the Catholic blogosphere. Bigpulpit.com. Hey, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, and prizes are at stake, and you could win. But you have to dial that phone number, 877-757-9424. right now. 877-757-9424. St. Benedict warns us to keep death daily before our eyes. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. At first hearing, this can sound really depressing. A grim recipe for a sad life. But let's think about that again. Do you know anyone who's not going to die? St. Benedict is simply reminding us that death is just a part of life. It is the last opportunity we will have to accept God's will for us, and he wants us to be ready for it. Keeping death daily before our eyes puts all the other parts of life in the right perspective and helps us give them their proper value. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. For St. Benedict, death is something good to keep in mind as the final fulfillment in our life of that love of God which cast out fear. Now that's not such a sad way to live, is it? Are you aware that the devil has a plan for your marriage just as God does? He has no desire for the success of your marriage. He doesn't want the two of you to help each other get to heaven, but instead he instigates each of you to lead the other straight to hell through self-centeredness, materialism, and apathy. Jeremiah gives us God's plan, saying, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. You have a choice of whose plan you will follow. One brings misery, pain, and eternal damnation. The other, well, it's called the sacrament of matrimony, and it comes with a golden treasure chest full of grace. Call on the grace of your sacrament. It's all you need to have a future of hope in this life and in the next. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Parlor. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now, your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have secrets and agendas but I can't tell you about those just yet because what we need most is a call on the line, a contestant 
to play our game. The first caller gets to be the contestant at 877-757-9424. If you've never played before, it's fun. It's easy. Call right now, 877-757-9424. It's uh, super fun, 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. One more time, 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open. Call now. But there are a few things we like to do during the game show on uh, fear and trembling. But you can't tell anybody what my secrets and agendas are. You have to keep this just between us. But number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions that uh, you might just learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh, a good time, and uh that's always good, right? I mean, our contestants are amazing, and we appreciate that. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes, which is a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, for your sake, I will explain. I do have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but I do not ask the caller the question. So they don't need to know. In fact, they could not know a single correct answer and could still win the game. And that's because I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, the other will be incorrect, the caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer will go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Mary is the safest and easiest, shortest and most perfect way of approaching Jesus. And that's according to St. Louis de Montfort. Now you may be wondering, Rudy... What about the theme about the Sacred Heart? This is still June. It's the month of the Sacred Heart. How does this tie in? Well, there you go. Mary is the safest and easiest and shortest way, more perfect way of approaching Jesus. So whoever wins this week's prize, which happens to be two rosaries, a his and hers set made by uh, the Lujan family, which I want to thank very much for providing this to, to give away. Uh, we're gonna, they're going to be praying the rosary, and they're going to be led by our Blessed Mother, to the most sacred heart of our blessed Lord Jesus. But here's the kicker. You don't have to win the prize this week. You could do that every single day. So I encourage you, pray the rosary every day. All right. Praise be to God. Pray the rosary every day. Wise advice from Rudolfo Carlos. Saint Praise be to God. Rudolfo Saint, Carlos. Oh, to you. Mea culpa. Mea culpa. <laughs> Saint Rudolfo Carlos. Hey, all right. It's time to go to the phones. Praise be to God. Let's see. We have uh, Annabelle. Praise. Good morning to you, Annabelle. Thank you for your time today. Good morning. Good morning. Annabelle, where are you calling from? Frisco, Texas. Really? Frisco. Nice. That's like the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I think. Yes, just a little bit north. What's Frisco yeah. known for? Ooh. Buckies. Uh, right? Buckies. Railroad. It used to be a railroad stop. Huh. All the cattle and all that. Yep. But now you have like one of the largest buckies on planet Earth, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not I mean, quite. It feels like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be among the largest, among the giants, uh, buckies, praise be God. Where do you go to church there, Annabelle? St. Francis of Assisi. Oh, okay, very nice. Uh, I think also, isn't Frisco the, like, the, the claim to fame is Dave Palmer from our executive director from North Texas Super of the Public Radio Network, Super Dave Palmer. I, I believe he's from the Frisco, Texas area. So well, maybe that's on a... close by, for sure. Okay, maybe that, maybe his name's on a sign as you enter town to the home of Super Dave 
Palmer. I'm not sure. All right, Annabelle, do you know how this game works? Are you ready to play? I am. Let's do this. We will start with with St. Rudolfo Carlos, uh, Team Team Rudy. Self-appointed. Assistant Self to Adrian Fonseca. <laughs> I've I noticed know. this. Yikes. <laughs> Tito Edwards throwing bombs. Man. Tito's blacklisted. Yeah, I guess. All right. <laughs> Good morning to you, Rudy. Are you ready? Good morning. Sir? Joe, I am ready. Are you sure? I'm so ready. Now, no tie today, so Not interpret again. that as you will. What does that mean? But no Maybe tie. Maybe it's a summer trend. Maybe. Could be. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's indicating something. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me, who is the patron saint of Norway? Ah, uh, yes. I have a personal uh, cultist surrounding this saint. That's Saint Bjorksnas Fjadelmorn. Uh, yeah, Gesundheit. Uh, I'm sorry. Who was the patron saint of Norway, sir? That is Saint Bjorksnas Fjadelmorn. Oh, that's not a sneeze. You did. You weren't coughing. You're sneezing. <clears throat> no, I wasn't. Oh, that's someone's name. Fjader Moln. How's it go? Fjader Molnen. <laughs> Bjork. Bjorksnas. Bjorksnas. Fjader Molnen. Fjader Molnen. Pray for us. Got it. Got it. Okay. Seems reasonable. Uh, but let's ask uh, Adrian all the same. Adrian, can you tell me who is the patron saint of Norway? Well, I definitely can't say that. Um, <laughs> but I think I found your next grandson's name. Uh, yes, Whoa. I think so. Uh, I could, let me try to say that, what Rudy said. Vajranas <laughs> Fajramon. Yes, Nailed it. Exactly. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, no, I'm going to go with St. Olaf. No, not the snowman. The Patriots say to Norway, St. Olaf. Just kidding. Disney's banned. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't, don't <laughs> start for you, Olaf. Once that train leaves the station, there's no going back. All right. Annabelle, enough shenanigans put to the side here. Uh, who is the patron saint of Norway? Uh, Adrian says it is St. Olaf, whereas Rudy says it is St. Fadermorn. Fadermorn. Yes, that one. 15 <laughs> seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Rudy or Adrian, Annabelle, what's it? I think I think Adrian. You yeah. Are you sure? I mean, seems reasonable. <laughs> well said, Annabelle. Well, that was clearly a Norwegian name. Annabelle is yeah. clearly a, a beautiful young lady who is just like yeah. a brilliant yeah. and astute mm -hmm. person. Uh, I bet they get up every morning, early in the morning. Uh, clearly, clearly. With with the sound of angels singing. <laughs> obviously, obviously. David, King David comes down and starts she singing. Levitates off the bed. <laughs> Starts her day with a couple. All right, of all right. We got to move on. <laughs> Annabelle, congratulations. You're right. It is Saint Olaf, not Bjorknas, Father Moln. <laughs> The Viking, apparently. Yeah, that was way too complicated. <laughs> yeah, way too complicated. <laughs> All right, congratulations. Name, You're in the cup. You could win, but we're going to go with the next question, which is easily the hardest question of our day. Oh, no. Oh, easily. no. You this think so? Yes. I mean, easily I'm the hardest question. question. And I... I don't know who chose it, but I think you're right. This is the hardest question I've ever had. Yeah. Who? Golly, you is. Who chose this I have one? no idea. Adrian? I think it was my assistant. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Annabelle, here's the question. Uh, we will go to Adrian first with it, but what is traditionally mm -hmm. the first okay. or lowest of the major orders okay. of the Latin Catholic Church? Not the minor orders, the major Correct. orders. Yes. Okay, I'm going to go with subdeacon. Subdeacon. So you got your deacon and sub, mm -hmm. meaning the one underneath. And so you're underneath deacon, which is got a subdeacon. Okay, yep. seems reasonable. 
But let's see what Rudy says anyway. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me? What is the traditional uh, first or the lowest of the major orders of the Latin Catholic Church? Ah, that would be a porter. Hey, porter. Like the guy who works <laughs> the door? Yeah, the guy who makes the uh, the, the beer. But no, oh, he, no makes, he makes the beer he's or the guy, the door? He's the guy that works the door. He opens works the, door the door for the procession. Like St. Andre Bisset, for instance. Like yeah, he worked the door. exactly. Or St. Martin de Porres. Okay, okay. All right, well, Annabelle, I, I did warn you that this was a tricky question, but is it the subdeacon, as Adrian suggests, or is it the porter, as Rudy suggests? Fifteen seconds on the clock, who was right, who was wrong. Annabelle, what say you? Oh, my. I never heard of, well, I think it's subdeacon, so, um, Adrian... Wow. Masterful, Annabelle. Masterful. Wow. I'm blown away. I'm blown I mean, away. I wouldn't want to play cards with you, Annabelle. You're probably, like, going to hustle us for money here. I bet you probably know all of these. Uh, we're going to try this uh, third question here. We're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me, can you complete for me the seventh beatitude, sir? Blessed are the peacemakers. Yes, you're off on the hill again, and you're seeing our blessed Lord up there, and he's telling you the Beatitudes, and he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall use red flag laws to save their country. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm. Hey, Adrian, can you tell me, can you complete the seventh Beatitude for me? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Where's the red flag in that? I'm There's no red flag. Okay. Annabelle, is it... Is it as Adrian says, they shall be called the children of God, or is it as Rudy says, for they shall use red flag laws to save their country? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Annabelle, what say you? Oh, my goodness gracious. I think we're going to have to go with Adrian again. Oh, that's masterful. We should give her extra credit points, because... One should not have to confidently admit Adrian is correct. We have to do so with some sort of humility, I would argue. But uh, Annabelle, congratulations. You're in for three. You did great. You had a laugh with us. We really appreciate that. God bless you, Annabelle. Uh, God bless you all. Thank you so much. Have a great day. We're going to put you on hold. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show. Thanks for joining us, having a laugh, and catching up on all the stories. Hey, if you can, hang out with us in the after show. We would love to hang out with you and comment directly with you at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love Thank you. you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the solemnity of the Nativity of St. John the Baptist.
The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty, to Almighty God, God, and to and you, you, my, my brothers, brothers and sisters, sisters that, I that I have greatly sinned. sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask the Blessed Mary of Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory, Lord God. Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world. Mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us, for you are Lord. 
one, are the holy one. You are Lord, are the Lord. You alone are the most high. Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit. In the glory of God, the Father. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who raised up St. John the Baptist to make ready a nation fit for Christ the Lord, give your people, we pray, the grace of spiritual joys and direct the hearts of all the faithful into the way of salvation and peace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Hear me, O coastlands. Listen, O distant peoples. The Lord called me from birth. From my mother's womb, he gave me my name. He made of me a sharp-edged sword and concealed me in the shadow of his arm. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me. You are my servant, he said to me, Israel, through whom I show my glory. Though I thought I had toiled in vain and for nothing uselessly spent my strength, yet my reward is with the Lord, my recompense is with my God. For now the Lord has spoken, who formed me as his servant from the womb, that Jacob may be brought back to him and Israel gathered to him. And I am made glorious in the sight of the Lord, and my God is now my strength. It is too little, he says, for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. I will make you a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I praise you, for I am wonderfully made. I praise you, for I am wonderfully made. O Lord, you have proved me, you know me. You know when I sit and when I stand. You understand my thoughts from afar. My journeys and my rest you scrutinize. With all my ways you are familiar. I praise you, for I am wonderfully made. Truly, you have formed my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. I give you thanks that I am fearfully, wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. I praise you, for I am wonderfully made. My soul also you knew full well. Nor was my frame unknown to you. When I was made in secret, when I was fashioned in the depths of the earth, I, I praise you, for I am wonderfully made. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. In those days, Paul said, God raised up David as king. Of him God testified. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will carry out my every wish. 
From this man's descendants, God, according to his promise, has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus. John heralded his coming by proclaiming a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was completing his course, he would say, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he. Behold, one is coming after me. I am not worthy to unfasten the sandals of his feet. My brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those others among you who are God-fearing, to us this word of salvation has been sent. The word of the Lord. According to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. When the time arrived for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy toward her, and they rejoiced with her. When they came on the eighth day to circumcise the child, they were going to call him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said in reply, No, he will be called John. But they answered her, there is no one among your relatives who has this name. So they made signs asking his father what he wished him to be called. He asked for a tablet and wrote, John is his name. And all were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened, his tongue freed, and he spoke, blessing God. Then fear came upon all their neighbors, and all these matters were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. All who heard these things took them to heart, saying, What then will this child be? For surely the hand of the Lord was with him. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the desert until the day of his manifestation to Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There are three nativities that we celebrate on the church's liturgical calendar. Of course, the nativity of Jesus at Christmas, the nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who was conceived without sin and therefore was already born in holiness, and of course today the solemnity of the nativity of John the Baptist, who was sanctified in the womb of his mother Elizabeth in the encounter with Jesus and Mary, and therefore also John born without sin. In today's solemnity, St. John the Baptist, I think, really teaches us two very special keys to our life. And the first one is that as great as John is, and remember Jesus said no one born of a woman is greater than John the Baptist, as great as John is, his entire life and mission 
is focused around Jesus Christ. John's mission is Christ-centered. He is the forerunner of the Lord. He has come to proclaim the path of the Messiah. And therefore, John teaches us that our lives, too, should be Christ-centered. And the second point, which goes along with the first, is John's famous line to say, I must decrease and he must increase. Of course, even the time of year of the celebration of today's feast at the summer solstice, we know from this point on, the days are going to begin to decrease and decrease until we get to Christmas, when in the darkest moment the light of the world, Jesus Christ, will be born and the light increases from that point on. But with John, we see this notion that for us in life, it is a real temptation to place ourselves at the center. If I can put myself at the center of life, then I'm concerned about what can I get out of life? How are other people relating to me? How do other people impact me? How can I maximize my benefits in life? And this, in a way, is a strategy to say I must increase and everybody around me must decrease because I am at the center of my own life. Whereas John teaches us the secret to a happy life is precisely to put Christ at the center. And if we put Christ at the center and say my life is to live for Jesus and to strive to become like Jesus, well, I begin to lose myself more and more in him. And in that way, our own ego decreases, our own selfishness decreases. But ultimately, the happiness and fulfillment that we experience in life begins to increase and increase because we were made for Jesus, we were made for God, and we weren't made merely for ourselves and our own pursuits and searches for personal satisfaction and glory. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, today as we go forward, we are reminded of the great kernel and secret and paradox of the gospel, which is to say that only in losing our life in Jesus Christ do we find it. And this is precisely what John showed us by living a Christ-centered and focused life and by decreasing in his own ego so that Jesus could increase. And so today as we go forward, let us ask God for the grace that we too would always recognize that our mission in life is Christ-centered. And let us ask God for the grace that we would always strive to decrease in our own egoism, in our own search for glory, and that Jesus would truly increase in our lives, that we would manifest his glory and his life in our words and actions. Amen. We'll pray today the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Almighty creator of heaven, heaven and earth, and in Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ, his only Son, our Lord, Lord who was, was conceived, conceived by the Holy Spirit, Spirit born, born of the Virgin Mary, Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, ascended to hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead, ascended to heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from there, there he come, come to judge the living and the dead. I believe, believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic, Catholic Church, Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life, life everlasting. everlasting. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for his physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all bishops and government leaders that they would be guided by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit in their decisions. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering. 
they would be given consolation in their faith and experience the healing touch of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for all those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media for this Mass. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray that we would always follow the example of John to live Christ-centered lives and to decrease so that Jesus would truly increase in our life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that behold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. To Jesus Christ, our sovereign King, who is the world's salvation, all praise and homage do we bring, and thanks and adoration. Christ Jesus, Victor, Christ Jesus, Ruler, Christ Jesus, Lord and Redeemer. Thy reign extend, O King benign, to every land and nation. For in thy kingdom, Lord divine, alone we find salvation. Christ Jesus, victor, Christ Jesus, ruler, Christ Jesus, Lord, and Redeemer. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for good and good of all his holy church. We place these offerings on your altar, O Lord, to celebrate with fitting honor the nativity of him who both foretold the coming of the world's Savior and pointed him out when he came, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord, in his precursor, St. John the Baptist, we praise your great glory, for you consecrated him for a singular honor among those born of women. His birth brought great rejoicing, even in the womb he leapt for joy at the coming of human salvation. He alone of all the prophets pointed out the 
Lamb of Redemption. And to make holy the flowing waters, he baptized the very author of baptism, and was privileged to bear in him supreme witness by the shedding of his blood. And so with the powers of heaven, we worship you constantly on earth, and before your majesty, without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Veni sunt celia terra, gloria tua, usana in excessis, benedictus, qui benet in nomine domini, usana in excessis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them to the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs of eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. And graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. peace. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy, mercy on us. Lamb, Lamb of God, God you take, take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Godhead here in hiding, whom I do adore. Masked by these bare shadows, shape and nothing more. See, Lord, at thy surface, law lies here heart, Lost, all lost in wonder. At the God thou art. Seeing, touching, tasting, Are in thee deceived. House has trusty hearing, That shall be believed. What God's Son has told me, Take for truth I do. Truth himself speaks truly, or there's nothing true. Let us pray. Having feasted at the banquet of the heavenly Lamb, we pray, O Lord, that finding joy in the nativity of St. John the Baptist, your, your church may know as the author of her rebirth, the Christ whose coming John foretold, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. All hail adore The prayer to St. Michael. 
Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. 